the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. So it's Wednesday. couple stories. Um, well, I, I know people don't want to hear this, but uh, COVID is coming back. This new variant that is floating around. Um, people that have been vaccinated are then testing positive and getting somewhat sick, not deathly ill. People who are getting the, the variant um, who have not been vaccinated are getting very ill and some of them are dying. So just know uh, it's going to be a stop start. I think it's going to be interesting that Governor McKee's honeymoon that he's been on, meaning since he's been in office, it's numbers keep coming down. You're opening this, you're opening that, giving out money left and right. That's going to start to come to an end um, in the fall. And folks, I'm not saying this is happening tomorrow, but once again, you're already starting to see it. Um, I suggest you Google certain states where it's getting very bad again, Tennessee. Um, there's going to be much more pressure for people to get vaccinated. So if you're listening right now and you don't want to get vaccinated, that is your decision. But just know things are going to ramp up. So that's things are definitely going to ramp up and you're going to feel I don't know if you, people are going to feel the pressure, but there will be pressure for people to be vaccinated because the reason the variant is spreading so wildly and endangering the Olympics and so forth is is because of the amount of people who have not been vaccinated. So. That is something to watch. I think at some point, I know people don't want to hear this, but after Labor Day, after Labor Day in the fall, I think you're really going to hear mass coming back. The other day, as I mentioned, I had to be in a courtroom and everybody was in a mask. And it, to me, it wasn't a big deal. I know some people hate it. Some people won't. I refuse. I'm just saying, you know, just don't let's not kill the messenger here, but just know that I, I think that stuff is, is going to come back. And it's going to be, I'll say, it's going to be ridiculous if there's huge battles in the fall about whether or not children should have to wear masks in school. I can see it both. I can argue both ways. I can argue both sides. I could. I could argue, listen, young kids under 12, that they're, they're not ending up in the hospital. Uh, they seem to be a little more immune to it or have been. There have been some deaths. There have been. It's true. Fortunately, not so much in our area, but, um, but I, I, I don't think, it, and, and then you could also make the argument that kids wearing masks, it's, you know, kids tend to have a lot of germs anyway, um, as someone, again, father of three, I, I'm glad, and I'm a little ambivalent about it, I'll be honest, just simply because I don't have a child that's going to be in a classroom uh, next year, but, but obviously, as father of three, and also I've been a coach, it's true, kids carry a lot of germs, uh, if people Again, parents want to be honest. A lot of times the kids, you know, are sick or they come home from school sick. And not having masks, washing hands and washing and wearing masks and washing hands or sanitizer for kids would certainly cut down on it. So, again, we'll, we'll take it as it comes. Now, I do want to draw your attention to um, the website, topetro.com. And you can see uh, I have a story up that I, I my sources tell me something big is coming down. Back on the night of July 8th, which was a Thursday night, into the early morning hours of July 9th, which is a Friday, but it was like, you know, after midnight, 1 o'clock, so very early hours of that Friday. So there were three youths, and they were riding around all over Providence, I believe, and this went on, this went on for, uh, this was six hours. They were in a BMW convertible, 
and there ended up being a 16-year-old and two 15-year-olds. And you had Providence police going after them. You had North Providence police going after them. You had Pawtucket police going after them. You had state police going after them. They were firing. It looked like two rifles. Now, it turned out to be two shotguns, but the police didn't know that. And, and it's my understanding. They, they fired off between 10 and 12 shots, breaking glass, pointing the rifles at people. Um, I don't know what possessed people to do it for as long as they did, but um, they did. And so when they finally caught up to them, uh, apparently one of the officers was was pretty amped up and i think one of them had one of the rifles now again they didn't know it was a bb gun pointed at them and one of the youths would not get out of the vehicle the way this is what the way it was told to me and it was a rather forceful arrest and i from what i understand this footage of it and it's i listen and i i have i haven't seen it i've heard about it very difficult for police emotions are running high two of the youths got out third would not get out of the vehicle i've heard there were possibly two officers involved there's been an internal investigation i think the attorney general's involved i think we could be hearing charges on this um cue the protests and everything else that goes along with it again i want to remind people that police are human young officers this is going on for quite some time they finally catch up to them you don't know i mean unless you've had a gun pointed at you you don't know what it's like to have a gun pointed at you um, unfortunately i do know what that's like and it it's frightening it is and anyone that dismisses that has watched too much television and movies but it's it's like no other fright that you have and i don't say it proudly i just say I have actually had that happen and it spooks you to say the least but let alone you're an officer and you know someone points a rifle at you so that is a story to watch we also have more stories obviously about those uh, grifters uh, folks again the website depetro.com no eyes just type in d-e-p-e-t-r-o.com and you can read all the original stories that we have you can also go in the shop now coming up next you're going to hear we had a chance to speak with this providence middle school teacher and i want you to listen to this she's on the front lines she knows what it's like to be in the classroom regarding critical race theory if you've heard about critical race theory you're wondering exactly what it is i want you to listen to the interview you're about to hear with ramona bessinger providence middle school teacher and she puts it in perspective and you're also going to hear i ask her about my former colleague arlene eileen violet who wrote Oh, critical race theory is just, you know, history, and we need to teach children about systematic racism. And blah, blah. And I ask her, and I read the exact quotes of what Eileen wrote, and then you can hear her response to it. But if you've heard about critical race theory and you wonder exactly the effect in the classroom on children, uh, what it's like for the teacher, how it alters things, why it's bad, maybe you've heard it's bad, you want to hear firsthand why it's bad, the kids there's a reason they don't stand for the national anthem is because they just start building up resentment and they'll have all this anger and everything is skewed and this is going on this is going on and it's not going away so ramona is terrific you're going to hear the interview it's next right here on the john DePietro show well it's a challenge to run your business these days maybe you need to find the right type of workers why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 
7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service, they provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com now folks joining us on the line right now is that providence teacher i want to welcome to the program it is a pleasure to speak to her and is ramona bessinger ramona it's john DePietro. good afternoon and thank you for joining us Hi there. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Ramona, first of all, I want to commend you. You are brave. Uh, what you wrote that was then picked up by Legal Insurrection, and I've seen your interviews on Fox. It was heartfelt. Uh, this was not a rush to judgment. You have had a career as a teacher. Uh, you obviously love the profession. You were obviously, it's like a calling. You were meant to be a teacher. Your family, parents, educators, the people that encouraged you, guided you down that path and to be commended. And the way that you described how this critical race theory and how it has completely changed the dynamic in the classroom, that was, I could tell, that was not easy to put down no, on a piece of paper, paper. Take us through a little bit of some of the examples in how, you know, I just think also, and I'm going to let you do most of the talking, but, you know, as a teacher, my mother was a teacher. Some of my aunts were a teacher. I have family members that were teachers. And some of the good teachers that I have had and know say there's always, you know, different groups of people. You see those kids that a little encouragement and they can become very good students. There's certain kids that are always going to be somewhat troubled. Then there's the good kids that you don't have to worry about them. But what must have been very painful were kids that you probably felt, you know, I could have impact on this child, but because of what they were teaching, they kind of start tuning everybody out. Go right ahead. Basically, um, you know, the year started out with some promise. As you know, this Providence school system was taken over by the state. And so I think all of us were were optimistic that this was going to be, you know, a new start, a new year, an opportunity to teach this wonderful new curriculum that was supposed to be getting rolled out. And immediately when we walked into the school, you know, there were a couple of things that I noticed. There were BLM posters all over the school. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with, with having a political persuasion, but there is something wrong with forcing your political agenda onto young minds. You know, young people have no ability to voice their opinion about politics when they don't even understand politics. And what young person is going to want to go up against a teacher who is who is pushing a political ideology? So that was the very first thing that I noticed. As, as the year, as the uh, quarter progressed, you know there were some, there were a variety of things that were alarming about the about the new curriculum that was rolled out by the Rhode Island Department of Education. 
uh, um, uh, a, a reading of that we had to um, we had to do, which required you know a whole other it's a whole other discussion. But most importantly, sometime around January, um, boxes and boxes of books entered our classrooms. Again, we were initially, wow, this is great. How exciting. We suddenly have uh, tons of books. But it wasn't until I opened up all the different boxes and and noticed that not only were there hundreds of these sort of pamphlet-style boxes entering our room, but at the same time, you have our teacher leaders literally removing, and they were mandated to do so, I might add, not that you know, they were in our rooms removing our textbooks and our vetted uh, classical literature. So again, you're you know, it was hard to sort of piece everything together and understand exactly what was going on. It took me, it took us all, you know, it took me in particular several months. I won't speak for my colleagues, but these books came into the. The first thing I noticed was that thematically they were all the same. So first, they're color coded. Uh, the colors actually are representative of reading levels. So you have these younger readers or readers, maybe a kindergarten level reader, right up through 12th grade. And immediately I noticed that every single book, or the majority of books, I can't say every single book, but the majority of books, of the books, of these pamphlet style books, and you know, there was the odd smattering of a novel in there or a classical novel in there. But the majority of them had the same exact theme, the same narrative, the same plot. It was all about violence, all about, you know, one group oppressing another. It was all about one specific historical narrative. And, uh, you know, that to me is, you know, coupled out with this sort of already you know, huge and growing racial divide in our community. I feel that this is, you know, it was becoming this like sort of breeding ground of, of, of political activism. And that bothers me, whether I agree and I've supported, you know, a racially diverse curriculum. I've myself, every single lesson is racially, you know, diverse. I bring in African-American writers from absolutely every discipline, all time. I am a comes to teaching literature, teaching a balanced, diverse, uh, you know, curriculum, I don't have a problem with that, and nor should any educator. However, I do have a problem when one political ideology is being forced upon young minds so that, you know, they either comply and or uh, be singled out, and no child wants to be singled out. So that I have a problem with. The books themselves are poorly written. They are not vetted. No one knows who the authors are. No one knows where the books even come from. Yeah. I asked the question, where did these books come from and who vetted these books? The response was, oh, a group of people vetted them. Oh, well, who are they? What? I have some specific questions about the plot and the characters and the, the sort of running narrative that, uh, you know, America is inherently a bad country filled with uh, racist, um, dangerous people. I have a problem with that narrative being pushed in the novels that we teach and the small sort of reading pamphlets that entered our classroom. I got no answer, uh, some you know vague, ambiguous answer. And, and lo and behold, I don't want to push that because then I'll be you know written up somewhere as being insubordinate, which is a whole other, again, another... Um, another topic you can't really question or voice your opinion in any kind of a way you're singled out you're bullied you're harassed and let me tell you providence school is after at doing things like so that was when the alarm bells went off when the books rolled into the classroom and our classical literature was removed folks we're speaking with providence teacher ramona bessinger who has written firsthand account of what she started to notice was the impact in the classroom, middle school teacher in Providence about critical race theory. Ramona, take us through when um, I thought it was really, when you started to notice the difference during the kids normally stand and pledge allegiance to the flag. Well, there was a period there for a couple of days, I think, when all of a sudden we weren't reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. And I believe there might have been some sort of intercom issue or who who knows what the issue was. Regardless, I asked, of course, 
you know, why aren't we reciting the Pledge of Allegiance? And um, I was told that, well, you know, kids, kids, some kids cannot relate to the Pledge of Allegiance or don't understand. Well, even better an opportunity. No one can dispute that liberty and justice for all is a good thing for all people, all races. So then I reminded, I think I put in an email somewhere that, you know, it's the law. We shouldn't even be really having this discussion. Mm. It is Rhode Island state law to to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. But so the Pledge of Allegiance came back in a very respectful manner every morning. Um, under but but some kids were not standing. You have to honor. It is not my place to say you must stand. You have to honor every child's right to their own beliefs, which I did. But it saddened me to see that children were somehow associating the Pledge of Allegiance, which is for them, for all children and all families and all Americans, somehow associating those words with something nefarious. And that is, you know, and that to me is, you know, a very sad, sad. I actually, I was raised in Canada. I became an American citizen over 30 years, you know, a long time ago, I moved to this country. Um, I have a very diverse background and uh, myself, I come from a very diverse community in Canada and never in my life have I seen such division, such racial division and anger on, you know, what what appears to be on, on two camps, in two camps, as I have seen this past year. It needs to stop and this, whole you know the sort of focus over emphasis on uh racially dividing folks into either white supremacists or people of color is a problem i take i think that that's a problem that needs to be spoken and and folks need to learn about it's happening in our schools and it needs to end it needs to end we cannot it's we cannot use our children and our students to advance a political ideology. It is not okay, and it needs to end. Folks, again, we're speaking with Providence teacher Ramona Bessinger on the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. And also, we have the live stream going on Facebook. Ramona, and also, it sounds like, as you wrote, you could start to feel that the students were starting to look at you differently. And not as the teacher, but... You know, it must be very confusing to the students. You know, everything is oppressor and oppressive and there's, you know, and white supremacist. And now you're a, a white teacher in the front of the classroom. And they start the way they start making comments about you and, and just the way they kind of regard you. Um, it sounds as if, number one, that you were being discussed by various people. And number two, that they didn't, they started to not associate you as kind of like everybody's on the same page that you were different than them and you were you know you live in a castle and and um, and they call you america and as if you know there's something different than what you are that was very sad you know these these kids you know i i can speak if you think of the second world war what hitler did when he um enlisted young people to advance his hatred against jews it worked and the reason is because young children will believe what you say right and that is why it is our obligations it is our obligation as educators and decent with our children as possible because if you tell children anything about some you know any and especially if you give them power to report out on a teacher which happens regularly in providence you know they get kids to write statements suddenly that child is going to believe what they're writing or what they're hearing so yes it was very sad to me to hear that uh you know to hear some very you know, first of all, the kids are amazing in Providence. And, right. and, and to hear some of the responses from really bright, smart, young people, one student in particular who is an amazing writer, really does believe that all white people live in castles. Oh. You know, I had to, I, I, it's disheartening to hear that, you know. And, and why should I, of course, I said nothing you want to validate, but here's the thing. Why should I even be in a position to say, you know what? That's not correct. I actually work two full-time jobs 
and work very, very hard, and I don't live in a castle. You know what I mean? So why should I be put in that position? And why should I walk into a classroom and have young people, you know, calling me America? I'm not being proud to be, you know, (laughs) American. Yes, my response was, we're all Americans. Oh, no, they don't, the kids... Yeah, and I can't speak for every single child in Providence. I can only speak to this particular incident or these particular incidents, which, by the way, I don't believe are isolated, although, you know. um, But I did say, you know, we're all American. I'm from our country, and we all are entitled to to participate in this country as us. Well, they got, you know, they looked at me and went, where is that? Folks, again, we're speaking with Ramona Bessinger, uh, who's the Providence teacher. And Ramona, I also, can you touch on the fact that there are Black Lives Matter posters all over the school? It sounds as if in the schools that Black Lives Matter has been elevated to a higher level. Uh, you know, I, I have my own thoughts on it. I've, I've watched and covered the movement since it began. Um, there's a lot of misinformation about it. There's a lot of almost myths about it. I, I have a problem with some of the actions of it. I mean, if people just take it what they initially say, which is you're trying to stress, you know, equality and everything else, that's one thing. It's it's really not what it's all about, but that must be different that that Black Lives Matter and the put that was suddenly lifted to a higher position almost as if whatever they say, this is an organization that that seems to have or they're trying to put forth in, in the schools. They have a lot of credibility and that their word should almost be taken at face value. These are young people. We need to present an objective view. It is not okay to bring politics, political ideology into schools. It is not our right. That is child abuse, and it needs to end immediately. There is nothing wrong with, we are as Americans entitled to be a part of any political group we would like. And children, as they grow up, and as their parents guide them, can also make their own political decisions. It is not the role of a teacher to press forward, to push out there uh, a political agenda to young 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds. No, I say that's child abuse and that needs to be reported and it needs to end immediately. And I will speak to one incident where a teacher who took one of those posters down was brought into the principal's office and basically told do that again and i'll report you to the human resources and we all know what that means that means you're going to get bullied singled out and guess what that person was silenced now you know what that's wrong we need to we need to really bring attention to this and uh you know and get this sort of i feel nefarious political curriculum political ideology out of our schools and resource restore some balance and reason to our edu- public education system ramona um and again folks to so speak with ramona bessinger the middle school teacher in providence that wrote very compelling piece it's been picked up nash nationwide first-hand account that she has witnessed firsthand of what it was like, how critical race theory really changed the dynamic in the, the Providence schools. And Ramona, um, what people also need to understand is if a lot of these new, as you said, the pamphlets brought in, who wrote them, uh, the narrative, you know, these are not properly vetted. That means there are certain things that, are, you know, you only have certain hours of the day. That, that means there are certain right. things not being taught. So, for instance, I wrote how, you know, suddenly the Diary of Anne Frank is such a powerful piece. Uh, That was one of the most remarkable things I remember reading in high school. And because it's relatable of of the eyes of a teenage girl who kept that diary and what it was like for them hiding from the Nazis, suddenly that is no longer, that's bumped out and not taught was in our school might be might be taught in other schools but i know that in my jamestown school at the jamestown school department nk it's been wiped out so you know here they've replaced the holocaust materials with either nothing or 
Mouse, which is a cartoon supplemental uh, children's book. And that's a great book, a great little supplemental book. So there is clearly an attempt to keep teachers from teaching this sort of genocide, you know, which, by the way, all children, every single color can relate to. We can all relate to hate, discrimination and genocide. Right. This needs to be taught and it's not being taught and it needs to be brought into the classroom. And yes, Emperor needs to be taught because children need to see what happened to young people who were victims of such hateful discrimination and murdered en masse. And they also need to understand the slave narrative. They also need to understand that westward expansion included uh, historical acts of genocide. That is all included in that unit of um, that unit. Uh, along with the Holocaust. I pull materials in from all aspects of history, current and past. Well, it's wiped out now because uh, clearly that that story doesn't want to be pushed out there. And why is that? Probably because they don't want teachers and children to understand the connections between what is happening now in our schools and what happened in the Second World War, Rwandan genocide and multiple other genocidal um, historical moments and, you know, historical moments in our um, world history. That is my guess. Can't think of any, or there's some sort of, you know, like wiping out the Holocaust what would be the reason for that? Wow. I mean, you know, even in Barrington, I think they're starting school on the, the start of Rosh Hashanah. Well, why would that be an accident? You know, what the heck is going on? And, well, and on top of that, um, just in the past spring, Black Lives Matter came out in favor of they were supporting the Palestinians as they were, you know, fighting with Israel. That was that was very different. Um, so there is a definite agenda here. And, you know, you saw a lot of Jewish people in New York beat up and around the country. But that was different that they were not siding with Israel, who's our ally, but they were Black Lives Matter. They were siding with the Palestinians uh, against and? Israel. And, and um, Ramona, touch on also that it wasn't just in the classroom. Suddenly teachers that not all teachers were the same in the different groups and we're going to, you know, take different, you know, classes or different types of education and gatherings of teachers. Suddenly everything became about race. Well, again, I, I can't speak about every single teacher. I can only speak about my own personal experience. And it seems so a faculty that seemed to be pretty, uh, you know, amazing, united and, and kind and, uh, you know, embracing diversity the year before had now become sort of this bizarre, you know, divisive, you know, hostile, you know, the prince, there were, there were moments when, when, when teachers were encouraged to write reports against their colleagues. I mean, this is right out of, you know, uh, what, what Hitler did in the second world war. It's very dangerous. There's no place in our schools it needs to be stopped immediately. Mm. Folks, again, we're speaking with Ramona, Ramona Bessinger. And Ramona, what about, just to play devil's advocate just for a moment, uh, some of the people that were trying to support this saying, you know, listen, it's very important for history to be taught in the schools. That That's not what this is. I mean, unless things have drastically changed, you know, you teach about slavery. You talk, you teach yes. in the schools about the, yes. the Civil War. It's not as if Absolutely. that stuff was being covered up or, you know, yeah. segregation in the 50s and 60s. It's it's a ludicrous position to say, oh, no, it's very, very important for history to be taught. This, this is this is different than history being taught. Oh, 100 percent. And how dare these people? How, first of all, let me say our president and the president of the National Teachers Union, since when are they in the business of selecting curriculum? Right. When are they, when do they become experts in choosing curriculum and basically wiping out American history, world literature, you know, uh, world history, um, so all of the literature that the world has come to know as vetted and, and true and universally inclusive, okay, universally inclusive. How are this is our president of the United States and the president of the teachers union basically saying in public that they support the wiping out of American history, American culture, world history, world culture, literature, Martin Luther King, Maya Angelou, Langston Hughes, you name it. 
they want to take it out of our schools and i'm really here to say we cannot allow that Mm. because if we allow this to uh, infiltrate our schools further and we allow our children to be indoctrinated we are complicit in child abuse number one and we're going to be complicit in basically changing the culture and history of our nation we will not recognize our country the free world will cease to exist sorry i hope i'm not going off on too much of a tangent but i can't think of any other reason to bring in such a politic heavily politic politicized uh curriculum with hundreds of leaflet style books to back that political ideology and what uh, people need to understand is these are not you know long approved vetted textbooks as you say these are who knows when who knows who created these pamphlets when they were created uh this is pushing in a certain agenda and you know else ramona i i just don't understand to me number one i give you credit for being a teacher in the providence school system this isn't the children uh this is the curriculum being laid out for them the problem it's not as if we're trying to ignore the history of the country or how race relations have been, but those are not the problems. I mean, every time when I saw that John Hopkins, they talk about math is a problem, science is a problem, certain grades, unfortunately, uh, English is, you know, writing is a problem. But like for people to say that somehow our history, the way it's being taught is distorted, it's just not accurate it. of what's going it is on. Not accurate. And who are they to come up with this, you know, grand sweeping statement that somehow historically all Americans are evil and that they've been teaching an incorrect narrative? It is simply not true. It is a lie. And shame on anyone who sits back and does nothing. Okay. And by, by the way, it speaks to your point about the writing. Exactly how. If this is such a gold standard, to quote, um, to quote the commissioner of education, if this is such a gold standard curriculum, then where's the data to support that these pamphlet style books that are, I'm going to say right now on the record, the worst, most poorly written, you know, little readers that I've ever seen in my teaching career in life. Um, where's the data to support that these books are so uh, they're going to they're going to actually increase reading and writing scores? There is no data. It doesn't exist. No data to support that the books in this curriculum actually increase reading and writing scores. I want to read um, a couple of quotes, some op-eds that I've seen that people have written. Here's one. Uh, one race or sex is not superior to another. To ignore systematic oppression and its impact on the past and present policies is to put one's head into the sand. What is your reaction to that? I don't even know what that means. You know what I mean? <laughs> First of all, it's a huge statement to make. They, uh, this is what's happened, I've also noticed in the past year, that there are all these phrases, you know, to have put everybody in a slot, to to, to be, put every institution in a slot. And so this is one of those phrases that actually means nothing. There is no proof for it. There's proof to the other, you know, in fact, there are so many I feel educators in Providence who are compassionate, kind, and work to support the students, the community, much more, you know, much more than than any other district, you know, than the other district I worked for, and I worked at Middletown High School for a number of years, and also I had the privilege teaching in Canada, and I've never seen educators be racially insensitive. I've never seen systemic racism. I've seen the opposite. I've seen only inclusivity and diversity and rightly so. It should always be that way. So my question to the person who wrote that or is stating that, give me some examples. Because guess what? That's what this movement is really good at doing. Yep. They're good at spewing out and, and, and sharing out all these ridiculous, you know, they sound great, these little phrases like culturally responsive education. What does that even mean? It's total garbage. <laughs> it is. You know? It's Same garbage. thing. Here's another line. Uh, critical race theory seeks to understand the origin of inequality in systematic application. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, sorry. I have to laugh at that one because, again, these, they, these phrases that just seem to drop out of the sky mean nothing. I mean, I, I always say this, that 
you know, to my students, you can say pigs fly or you can say the sky is purple. My students will attest to this, but if you can't prove it, it's not true. Right. And that is what this whole new network is doing by claiming something is true. They actually are, you know, pushing the narrative that it is true. Guess what? We're not that stupid as educators, as parents, and as Americans. We are not that stupid and people know what's going on and you know, and that is why I'm speaking out. One more line. Uh, the United States and its citizens cannot possibly be threatened by a balanced assessment which eschews a simplistic view of history and a chauvinistic account of one's race or sex. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I, I'm speechless. Yeah. I can't even, I, I mean, how do you even respond to such stupidity? Yeah. Now, see, again, these are people that are taking the position as if, you know, no one is saying you don't teach slavery. This this is all they're pointing into a direction that doesn't exist. And to think an eighth grader is going to, you know, we need to have an eighth grader understand the inequality and systematic oppression. They don't know what that even they don't even understand. They don't understand but the that. point is, they do understand when you teach Martin Luther King, Maya Angelou, Langston Hughes, when you teach James Baldwin. Yep. They understand when you teach literature that they can, that kids can universally connect to the themes that are real, right? We know that horrible things happened, that, that there is discrimination historically in the United States. But we're teaching, we're teaching it to kids and doing a darn good job. Let's not forget that, you know, every single politician and president came out of the public school system, okay? And all of these uh, state legislators who, by the way, passed that law in 2019, giving Angelica and Fonte Green total power over public education. They all came out of the public school system. I myself came out of a public system. And by the way, it's really, there's, you know, I've had more positive experience. I've yet as a human being to experience racism, but I have experienced it because of the color of my skin in this past year. And by the way, you know, we all have tragic stories to to account for. None of us escape this world without some pain, without some sexism or, or, or discrimination or being marginalized. Lord knows, I understand that, okay? And clearly, that's going to be next on the agenda for uh, for if it isn't already being, you know, the team isn't already in the huddle deciding about how they're going to attack me, marginalize me and say, you know, terrible things. Have at it is what mm-hmm. I have to say. Folks, again, we're speaking with Ramona Bessinger, who um, Ramona, it's, it's really incredible. I give you so much credit. Uh, it inspires other people. This it's what's frightening is the pushback. People like yourselves, Nicole Solis are receiving. I'm just curious, um, you know, you've had various national outlets reach out to you, very, very impressive appearances for someone that doesn't do this for a living on Fox and so forth. I'm just curious, what has outside outlets, like what have national people that have reached out to you, spoken to you, what is it of your account that like seemed to make the biggest, biggest impact on them? Honestly, I was very surprised that it, it really uh, took on a sort of international viral. Yep. Uh, but what that really speaks to is that everyone in the world, you know, can relate to the story. It was not my intention. My intention to was, was to write a small piece. That was it, to get it off my chest and get it out there. And that it went to the sort of international news outlets and then on a national level um, picked up by, you know, the multi um, Street Journal and Washington Examiner, so many different news news uh, news platforms, was a surprise to me. Am I happy about that? You're darn tootin' I'm happy about it because the world needs to know and teachers need to speak out and they need not be afraid to voice their opinions. We are being vilified, we are being bullied as educators, and we are being, you know, I would say intimidated into submission. And that must stop. That has to stop and people need to feel okay about speaking out now just to speak to that i've received messages from all over the world to speak you know publicly or not to speak publicly to speak on different news sources um if you're speaking about fox news they were the news source that reached out quickest they were the you know national news 
uh, program that I went on for, for that reason, because I wanted to get the truth out there and I didn't want anybody paraphrasing or trying to put me in the you know what slot uh, or try to marginalize or, re- or rephrase my words. So yeah, I'll be happy to go on NPR to, to speak to anybody or debate the issue. In fact, one of my colleagues uh, messaged me the other day and she cautioned me um, you know, she said, you really shouldn't be speaking out as a, and this is in quotes, as a white teacher. And I'm like, hmm, wow. if I were purple, yeah. if I were purple, would that be okay? Like, you, this is ridiculous. So I did ask her to have an honest debate with me about the curriculum because I know curriculum, okay? I'm not speaking out because I don't know curriculum. I know it, and I know it well, and I also know how curriculums are advanced and how they're not supposed to be advanced, and I can tell you right now that this curriculum being pushed in schools across the United States and clearly even in European schools, I had, you know, European news uh, agencies also reach out to me because everyone is concerned. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. J. Perry Paving always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving, they offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, a licensed insured contracting company, they will meet your needs no matter how big or how small and no one treats veterans better than j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 for j perry paving back in 2017 you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white bailey speech club said that you hoped it would become more diverse now your family's been members your wife is one of the largest shareholders has there been any traction in that are there any minority members of the club now i think the people who are running the place are still working on that and i'm sorry it hasn't happened yet blaming it all on his ribs born a blue-blooded snoot his birth was a black tie affair it's all who you know, like Claus von Bülow. He just likes to be seen everywhere. 
leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife at Bailey's they like their champagne life on Bellevue in a state that is blue <laughs> you'll never hear Sheldon complain he likes clubs with white faces with the lead waspy crowds where for decades kept the Jews away BLF cannot stay Well, he's not big on diverse faces Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis Sheldon likes the clubs With white faces ah! Concerns in 2021. I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all white, wealthy club again in this day and age? Should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Calvino. Call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com, where you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back, call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience and his office, 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino, 401 401- 785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com I can breathe clearly now my mask is gone Nothing but a big smile for all to see Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air my lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, 